Because I'm thinking, oh, my nipples are showing. Yeah. I'm thinking that little bit of bashfulness is also part of the excitement of doing something I'm not supposed to do. Because I get over the bashfulness and then I just feel excited. Welcome to Two Hot Wives. A podcast where two friends in open marriages explore the exciting world of unconventional sex. Hey, hotties. I'm Ams. And I'm Kat. And we're the Two Hot Wives. Tonight, we are talking about exhibitionism. I'm so excited. I've been wanting to tackle this one. Yeah. Can you say it three times fast? No. (laughs) (laughs) Exhibitionism. 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 That's not bad. I can't string them together very well. That's not bad. I'm better than last time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For those of you under a rock who have no idea what exhibitionism is, it's getting turned on by the idea of somebody watching you naked or somebody watching you having sex. It's a really common fantasy for most sure. people. I think it's more than a fantasy. For some people, it's part of their personality. Sure. I mean, it's it's just a thing that they do all the time. Yeah. Some people right? are actively sure. And if you're in a, an open marriage, if you are part of swinger culture, then like you're having sex in front of people, whether y'all like it or not. Yeah, quite often. Yeah. I also think that we can broaden that that definition, at least for us. I think of it as being very provocatively dressed, you know, not not necessarily completely naked. Sure. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Just showing a little bit yeah. more. Showing skin. more skin. Sure. Sure. So, you know, we're going to go dig into the definition a little bit more. We're going to talk about our past experiences with exhibitionism and ways that people can explore. And we have a fantastic subject matter expert that's That's going to clue us in on exhibitionism for the shy. Yeah. Dr. Carol Queen. Yes. She's going to be with us. She's awesome. Yeah. She's like the grandma that you wish you had had. (laughs) Uh, and, and has just... The most crazy, oh awesome gosh. backstory I have heard in a long time from a subject matter expert. But before we get into it, Kat, what are we drinking tonight? We're drinking cucumber lemonade. I love it. So I, good. I don't think I've made a cucumber drink yet. I, think I don't think one, you right? have. And it's delicious. It's perfect for summer. It's not overly sweet. I mean, you say lemonade, right. but it doesn't actually... What, what's no, in I it? No, I didn't use lemonade. I used just lemon juice, mm-hmm. honey simple syrup, mm-hmm. of course, and entire cucumber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I muddled that in vodka and some Cointreau. Okay. So the, really the Cointreau gives just that little bit of like a citrusy liqueur. Yeah, yeah. And you I can like add or subtract, you know, as much honey simple syrup as you want to make yeah. it sweeter or less sweet and a little bit of club soda on top. Yeah, I love it. I think it's really easy to get stuck in like very sugary Mm -hmm. cocktails. Mm -hmm. And this is light. It's hardly, I mean, there's sweetness, but it's hardly sweet at all. It's just sweet enough to kind of balance out the very green sort of almost herbiness of the cucumber. Yeah. So dig it. Cool. And with our cocktails, we need some hot tails.
All right, Ams, what's your hot tail tonight? My hot tail for tonight, for those of you who love a good lifestyle play date hot tail, <laughs> and I know you're out there, it, it was a really phenomenal play date that Mr. Ams and I had with Natalie and Brandon, Ooh. who I think don't get sufficient love on our podcast. Oh, they deserve it. They are an amazing couple. Mm -hmm. We've actually known them before we started the podcast. Right. But they were the first people that we knew who kind of figured it out and figured out who right. we actually were on the podcast. So needless to say, they've been listening for a really long time. But uh, I remember meeting them at a week at a thing meet and greet, like days before they came back from their first trip to Desire, which was their first experience with anything related to an open marriage. Right. They were surprised, actually. They went to Desire thinking it was a just a, you know, clothing optional, fun place for couples to reconnect, mm -hmm. sexy, but they had no idea right. that it was like mostly swingers. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and they still looked shell-shocked. Mm -hmm. when I met them. But in that way, like the scene from The Wizard of Oz where Dorothy steps out of Auntie M's house into, into Munchkinland and into Technicolor and she's just blown away. Mm -hmm. That was the look on their faces. They were so like, we've just discovered this whole new world out there and we don't know what the rules are, don't know anything, but like we're in, we're so excited. So it's been really cool to watch their journey right. over the years. Well, shortly after that, they came to Podcast of Palooza with did. us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But they happened to meet Mr. Ams and I at a time during our like sophomore year where we're like, we, you know, I hold dicks, not hands. I'm not going <laughs> to play with newbies. And so it took a long time before we explored the more sexual parts of our relationship and it is it's been a really long time since we played actually mm -hmm. just the four of us so we had a kid free house day and invited them over for a play date which is my absolute favorite i know, I know you love playing in I your love own hosting house in my house and getting to take as much time as i want and getting to grab whatever's in my nightstand which is very very naughty um and just feel comfortable like feel comfortable in my own space so i was really excited to see them to you know explore things that were more playful more sexual and it had been a while, like it had been over a year since we had played with them, just, just the, the four of us. You know, there have been some more groupy things, but Natalie is absolutely gorgeous and enthusiastic. And her and Mr. Ams, they like just get together like magnets, you know, they're, they like very quickly start to play after we, you know, we ate, we hung out, we did that sort of thing. But for Brandon and I, we, we really connect mentally and sometimes we talk so much that we like you forget, forget to fuck. that you're gonna have sex <laughs> yeah just talking 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 i can see that yeah and uh, he's a super thoughtful super insightful guy but we were both like very excited to explore each other's bodies and to to like take things to another level like a more intimate level and he mentioned during play that he was really starting to get into this sort of mind control version of power play. Hmm. 
which I thought was very interesting. And we had just come off of doing the bondage episode. And I talked about how I kind of loved just holding my hands up over my head and telling myself I can't move them. Like that was just as hot as actually getting tied down. So I am on my back and he's sort of on his elbows over me, kissing me and talking in my ear. And he sits up a little bit, takes my wrists, puts them over my head and says, looks me right in the eye. And he says, you can't move your arms. And and he said, okay, (laughs) okay, I can't move my arms. And I just very quickly clicked into this mindset of whatever he says, I have to do knowing, right, that at any time I could break this spell. It's not, but, but I'm just going to surrender to this experience and let him tell me exactly what to do. And it was a huge fucking turn on. I call it the Jedi mind fuck. (laughs) That fits him. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. A wise one. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, he's, my arms are over my head He's whispering all of these very sweet, naughty things into my ear, and he starts to play with my clit with his knuckles. His knuckles? With his knuckles. He's sort of rubbing my clit and my labia with, like, just his knuckles. Okay. Which never had that happen before. Huh. I, it, I liked it. It felt quite good, mm-hmm. and it, but it felt like... A new move. Well, like like it was leading to something else. Like, huh. oh, what is he going to do next? Like, he can't keep doing this. That's that's a weird position, right? <laughs> so what is he going to do next? And he said, count backward from 10. So I start counting 10, 9. And every time I count, he's circling my clip with his knuckle, which was really fucking cool. Wow. And... I get, I'm kind of closing my eyes and really in the moment, I'm counting down three, two, one, waiting what, for the what thing. What is he going to do? <laughs> he takes, he takes his hands away. And I'm like, <laughs> apparently the look on my face was just very, oh dis- very disappointed. <laughs> and he like laughed out what? loud. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I was like, Okay. My hands are above my head. I'm not allowed to move them. And I and and I just counted myself just down to nothing. So what happens next? I'm kind of like squirming and moving around and like wondering what he's going to do next. And he says, count backward from 10. He was touching me in some other way at this point. Maybe my breast. I can't remember. It wasn't, it, it was like giving my clit a little bit of a rest, but he was touching me and I started counting a lot slower slower <laughs> because I knew he was going to stop. But then I'm counting down 10, 9, 8. You know what? He was kind of rubbing down the sides of my body and my wow. thighs and up the inside of my thighs. So I get to 3, 2, 1, and he puts like three fingers inside of Ooh. me. And I was like, ah! <laughs> Okay. Wow. It was fantastic. (laughs) The the anticipation of it, the not knowing what was gonna happen of it, the the fact that, you know, it could it could be a reward, it could be a punishment, it could be a withdrawal. I just didn't know. 
all of that wow. was oh my a huge turn on. And I'm thinking, right, that the first couple of times that that we played with them, I kind of felt more like the mentor, right? Like Yeah, but now he flipped that. The master and the student, it is completely reversed at this point. I am like completely at his beck and call. And then, so that was amazing. We did a lot of these kind of fun little mind trick things, but then he, I'm going to just give a little nod to his technique. Like he was fingering me in such an intense and rhythmic way that I came and, you know, without a toy, without like direct stimulation on my clitoris, Mm which is rare. That's rare for me to do that. But he was just like so consistent with the movement Mm -hmm. and firm. Like it felt like he was almost playing with me with a toy. Like it was that sort of intense. Wow. So I was like, damn, why did I wait a fucking year (laughs) to get set up a play date (laughs) with Natalie and Brendan? What the fuck was I thinking? So it was, it was, Amazing. We had so much fun. We got in the shower and I introduced him to shower lube. <laughs> and just like, like I don't know, we played for hours. Wow. We played for hours and we took breaks and we came I back. I feel like I'm just saying, wow, and, wow, wow. And, uh, well, yeah. Wow. Yes. We covered a lot of ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was one of the best play dates that I've had with a couple that I, I don't play with that often. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure Mr. Ams and Natalie were having a great time over on the other side of the bed. I was paying zero (laughs) zero attention to what they were doing because we were just so into each other. Mm -hmm. But it was phenomenal. It was like such a good play date that it reminds like, I love the connections that like we have and and the play that I can have with, you know, Mr. Cat, Mr. Ams. And Mm -hmm. but like, Sometimes it's, you just cross that bridge with a couple and you're like, okay, this now we're having like really wow. good sex together. Just sort of unexpected too. Just blew your mind, right? right? Wow. Right. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to what the future <laughs> will bring there. I think I'm next. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Oh. Um, yeah. So it's like. Like yeah. really, really good. And sometimes when I question, like, am I really a swinger? I'm not sure I am. Yes. Then you I have are. like a really good play experience. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. really fucking fun. Yeah. Whew. I'm like sweating. I'm sweating recounting. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> okay. So that was fun. Wow. Well, I think we need a break yeah. after that. Yeah. And when we come back, we're going to talk all about exhibitionism. And we're back. So, Ams, tell me about your experience with exhibitionism. So, I, first of all, do not consider myself an exhibitionist, right? And, if mm-hmm. you know, if we go into what does exhibitionism mean, this idea of really getting turned on by people watching you having sex, people watching you being naked, that's not my kink. Right. I don't generally get turned on by it. 
I also thought it was really interesting to note that, you know, whenever we have a new topic, the first thing I do is Google it. Right, right. Right? And just Google exhibitionism. If you do that, (laughs) it's all like- We are deviants. It's all- criminals. Yeah. 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 (laughs) They're talking about like, almost like it's on the DSM, right? Right. Like it's a perversion. It's a a crime. And it certainly can be a Mm -hmm. crime if you expose indecent exposure. And the difference is definitely consent. Right. Right. So if this is something you're looking to explore on your own, make sure that you Google consensual exhibitionism or safe exhibitionism, and then you'll skip past all of the The negativity. Right. Just but just, you know, a lot of these sexual activities, the only difference between it being like a cool kink and a crime is consent. Right. Yeah. Everybody has to consent. And that includes if you are watchers. That's right. If you're talking about exhibitionism, that includes people who are watching you or people who might be able to watch you. So word of caution, if this is something you're exploring, (laughs) make sure that you're doing it in a place where you're only going to be witnessed by people who actually want to witness you. Right. Plus, it's way more fun (laughs) if the people who are watching you actually want to be watching you. Right. In any event, you know, as a swinger, mm-hmm. as a person in an open marriage who- um, We have lots of opportunities. We have, well, whether I like it or not, <laughs> I have a lot of sex in front of other people. Right. And that's been more of a challenge than a turn on for me. It's a challenge for me too. Tell me more. So I think I have- thought of myself as an exhibitionist, really. Mm. But I think it's because my definition of exhibitionism is way broader than the actual Google it definition. Okay. So how would you define? I think of it as enticing behavior. You know, I think of it in, I think of myself in some kind of lingerie or, you know, really dressed provocatively. Like when we go to dance, at mm-hmm. one of the clubs or uh, at Desire. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing next to nothing, but I've still got my nipples covered. Yeah, kinda. yeah, yeah. Sure. And I'm, you know, I, I'm still somewhat covered, but I'm dancing like nobody's watching, which mm-hmm. is my favorite thing. And I can do that at these places wearing next to nothing and feel good about it. And I do, I feel good. And I do get excited. And I don't know if it's because I think people are watching me or if it's just because I feel free. To have mm-hmm. fun and to not worry about it. So I get that. Like, mm-hmm. I absolutely get the idea that you can build up a level of confidence and lack of self-consciousness that it doesn't matter. Like, you wear whatever you want to wear right. because it's not about them. You're having a good time. But do you find that you enjoy going to these clubs wearing skimpy lingerie or clothing I do. Because you enjoy enticing. I do. Which is fine. I enjoy the look. Mm -hmm. I enjoy the attention. Knowing that people are watching me. And when I'm dancing and having a good time, I'm I'm not thinking about that part at Mm -hmm. that moment. But when we're walking through, you know, I get that little hint of like, oh, not embarrassment, but like bashfulness at first when we first walk into a place and we're like dressed in hardly anything. Sure. But then I get over it very quickly. Sure, sure, sure. But I think you enjoy that too, right? Because I was thinking about, here's here's the specific thing that I was thinking about. Sure. We bought, you and I bought matching glow outfits, these yeah. shirts, right? Yeah. And they're different colors and they're super cute. But I remember looking at this thing going, huh, 
what do I wear under this? Maybe I, maybe like a cami or a bra or something. And then I went over to see you and you had nothing on underneath it. And I was like, oh, okay, that's what I'm going to do too then. Yeah. Because I didn't think about it. And you can, you can faintly see, you know. You can see your nipples yeah. through it a yeah. little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and it's but it looked like great a, on you. It's like a thong bodysuit, right? So the only part, it's covering your front and right. not much of your back. Right. But we also wore like little skirts and little shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff with like it. that with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you say turns you on, I think that might be the difference. Yeah, it doesn't turn me on. doesn't turn you on. What? So that example is a perfect example of like my anti-exhibitionism. It does turn me on just a little bit to think I've become so confident mm-hmm. in how I look and how I act. And so like lacking self-consciousness that I'm like, you don't like it? Fuck you. I don't care. Like, I'm not here to please you. I'm here to have a good time. And you can watch like me, ha- like literally dancing like nobody's watching mm-hmm. because that's how I feel. I don't care whether or not you are there. I'm here to have a good time and you're not going to ruin my good time by like judging me. Is like, well, and in the places that we're wearing these outfits, nobody's I, judging us. Sure. This right. is all spun up in my head. Right. Right. Everybody's super supportive of everyone else. So it's, but I get a little bit turned on by the idea that I'm like, yeah, fuck you all. It doesn't matter what I look like. <laughs> I, you Isn't know. Isn't that interesting? Because we're both wearing almost the same outfit mm-hmm. and different things are going through our heads about sure. it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm thinking, oh, I. My nipples are showing. Yeah. I'm thinking, wow, this is this is really, this is really out there. I think that little bit of bashfulness that I get at first is also part of the excitement of doing something I'm not supposed to do. Sure. Like wearing something I'm not supposed to wear. Because I get over the bashfulness and then I just feel excited. Yeah. 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 Well, so why do you think people enjoy exhibitionism? So you're talking about almost like an adrenaline response, Mm -hmm, right? When you get out there at first and you're half naked or all naked or just pasties or whatever, Mm -hmm. you get this rush of bashfulness, probably rush of adrenaline. And that leads to this kind of high almost, right? This physical high. I think so. So Maybe that's maybe that's like a literally a physiological response. Sure. I think for some people too, it's about breaking the taboo that we're we're meant to be really covered up. I mean, we're meant to be like soccer moms, right? So going there's out there's a little of that for me too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we've spent our lives as mothers going to weddings and going to parties and having to be buttoned up and, sure. and very proper, and uh, you know, never. Heck, I hardly even showed cleavage sometimes because Mm -hmm. it's a work thing. You're not supposed to show cleavage. And to be able to just be myself and dress however I want and be free. And there's there's a lot of excitement to that. Sure. Yeah. So I think that breaking the taboo, getting to, you know, Carol talks about your persona, right? This Mm -hmm. version of yourself that's maybe a little bit braver and maybe a little bit more daring and more sexy. And you can almost step out of your role of wife and mother and homeowner, business owner, all these things, and be like this sexy sex goddess that can feel really empowering, right? It it can be super, super empowering. One area that does resonate with me is admiration, Mm -hmm. right? The positive feedback. Feels good. Yeah. 
And I've talked with, well, I was talking to one of our friends who's a listener and she loves to post naked pictures of herself. She loves to film her and her husband having sex and putting it out there on like Pornhub. I was going to ask you, have you done that? I know you haven't put it out there, but have you recorded yourself having sex? It's been a very long time since not record. We FaceTimed once, right? There was a time, there was a time where you guys were, you were coming to see us, right? At the hotel and you guys were running late. So Mr. Ams and I put like FaceTime on and put the phone Mm -hmm. on the dresser and started having sex. We're like, we're going to warm up until you guys get here. And that was kind of fun. That was hot. hot. Yeah. But I didn't record it. It wasn't like it. And I do, you know, I guess I kind of came into my sexual identity at a time where like revenge porn and like the Tommy Lee and um, Pamela Anderson tape tape came out or like what made the Kardashian, what's the Kardashian girl? I know I was so bad. Kim Kardashian, Kardashian. so bad at pop culture. (laughs) So sorry. Yeah. The Kim Kardashian and who did she fuck on tape? Somebody. I don't remember. Totally launched her career. So no, it was way before Kanye. But, you know, all these tapes were coming out and the internet was starting to be more of a thing. And I just, I think I really, the idea that that stuff is out there forever. Well, or that something like of you could get out there. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I've always been super, super cautious about doing any kind of video or even pictures like it. I could probably count on one hand the number of like graphic pictures I've ever taken of myself or allowed mm-hmm. to be taken of me. So I really have like a huge yeah. block around well, pictures I don't want and pictures videos. of myself having sex. Mm. But Mr. Cat has quite a quite a library of pictures of me uh, naked, breasts. Sure. And other things. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I... I mean, I like I like to send them to him in the middle of the day. Yeah. You know, I get lots of nice texts coming back, so... So you, like, you do it because you like the positive I feedback, do. you like the admiration. What, I, what goes I, on in your head when you're sending them? He's going to love this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I know he's probably having a hard day, busy day, so stressful do- day. And I know that he loves to see those. So I might be taking a shower and just snap one for him. So you do it as an act of love. Yeah. Do you personally get off on the fact that he's looking at it and sure. getting aroused by it? You sure. do. So, yeah. so it's I mean, a, get off is like well, a, big, a that's fair. big thing. I feel happy. I yeah. feel happy knowing that he's looking at them and... That he's excited and happy and, you know, he always sends me, you know, great texts coming back. So I I brightened his day a little bit. But it's not really about your arousal, your no. desire. No. Yeah. So I think from the from the sort of limited definition of exhibitionism, it wouldn't meet that requirement because right. you're doing it more as an act of love, an act of service, or, right. you know, a tease, a flirt. But it's, it's about his gratification. Right. It's not about yours, which is cool. Although There's when he comes home, you know, he's... He's oh. all wired up and ready to go. Sure. So maybe it is a little bit self-serving. Well, <laughs> either way. Like, right. But, but it doesn't turn me on to do those in a sexual way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and again, this friend who I was talking to, she gets turned on by the idea of couples in particular watching those videos of her with her husband and that becoming part of their sex life. That actually like gives her a little tingle 
to do that, which is cool. And there's space for that. And, you know, I, I think when I look at like Twitter and how many people post really graphic pictures on Twitter and I'm, and this is really my, graphic. Oh my God, really graphic. Yeah. Yeah. I know that a, a fair amount of those are men posting pictures of their, their, and I'm using that in quotes, women. And I don't know how much like right. consent is going on it. Let's put all of that aside. I still think there are women who really enjoy mm-hmm. putting like pictures out there of themselves that are provocative, maybe even graphic, because they really enjoy that feedback that admiration yeah which is like cool that twitter is a great place to do that so i think one other uh benefit potential benefit to exhibitionism is it can be a really fun way to dip your toes into consensual non-monogamy open Mm -hmm. marriage Mm -hmm. a lot of people start by going to a club or We're going, going to, to desire <laughs> or parallel play. Right. Right. I right. mean, the, our very first play experience was 90% parallel play. Ours too. Actually, I would say our first experiences were all parallel play. Right. Because that's what sort of like got the spark going. Sure. And that, so that can be a really good place to start and end, right? You never have to go beyond that. And for those who don't know what parallel play is, feels pretty self-explanatory, right? But it's you playing with your partner in front of another couple who is maybe also playing at the same time. And so you can watch each other. You can, you know, experience some of that sort of open marriage dynamic mm-hmm. without actually touching someone right. else. Well, sometimes you reach out a hand. Oh, yeah. Well, touch yeah. a little bit. But is it parallel play then if you reach out well, that hand? it is because you're not touching out and touching like sexually like maybe a, a, an arm or a leg or that's, right. that's how you sort of can transition. Yes. Transition to soft swap. Yeah. Yes. So at some point that becomes play. Right. Yeah. So if you are, if you get turned on by the idea of somebody watching you, you know, you can put a profile out there and start to meet other couples and say, you just want a parallel play. And, you know, mm-hmm. there are people who that's all they want to do too. So, you know, that can be a fun way to explore. But, you know, other than the pictures and stuff, what are some of the experiences that you've had? First of all, what are some of the most positive sort of exhibitionisty experiences you've had where you really got turned on by the fact that other people were watching? Well, I feel like I have to tell you my not so great story first before okay, I can sure, tell sure, you sure. that tell. story. Okay. So a while back, Mr. Cat and I went to like a house party. It was a hotel party. Mm-hmm. And we knew some of the people there, but we didn't know everybody there. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful hotel, great hosts. And I actually really like the guy. I okay. love the girl, sure, sure. but I like the guy. So we were going to go and play. There was one big area and a bathroom, beautiful to play, like a play space, right? Mm-hmm. And so we were going to go play. Nobody was playing yet. And so he and I went up the stairs to play. And We're kissing and we're making out on the bed and he starts to take my boots off Mm -hmm. and then he's back on top of me. We're kissing. And all of a sudden I hear everyone coming up the stairs Mm. and I froze. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All of a sudden I was like, "Uh, I don't don't think I can do this. Yeah. And I could not. There was no way I could do it. 
I was like frozen. I, I didn't know who was coming up the oh, stairs. Like a total I didn't know who was going to be watching me. I didn't know. It was such a, a small, it wasn't small, small, but it was a one big play space. Mm-hmm. So I, in my mind, I guess I was going to this place where I thought everybody was just going to be standing around the bed watching us. Yeah. And it didn't turn me on. Yeah. And I really like him. Yeah. So I l- looked at him and said, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm so sorry. I felt terrible, but I had to put my boots back on. And yeah. I was like, what just happened? I was shocked by my own reaction. Right. Like I, I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah. But he was very sweet about it. And I talked to him later and he was very nice about it and it was all fine. But that was, I wouldn't say it was a negative, negative experience, but it was one where I kind of was surprised by my own reaction and that I didn't want to play in front of other people. Sure. Yeah. It wasn't what you were seeking that night. It wasn't. Yeah. I I, Well, kind of was what I was seeking that night. I didn't realize I was going to have that kind of reaction. Yeah. I definitely wanted to play. Well, but but the exhibitionist aspect of it was not what you were trying to experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, I mean, this is part of the reason why I mostly avoid sex clubs or playing. I like going to sex clubs, but I mostly avoid you, playing. In you bring sex people clubs. you're going to play with. Yeah. And even still, I'm usually looking for the most the like private space that I can. Yeah. Me find. too. Me too. Yeah. Okay. So, so that was not great because one, it wasn't what you wanted to experience. You didn't want to be watched that night. I didn't know I didn't want to be watched. Sure. sure. Honestly. Of course. Cause I, I saw the area. I thought, Oh, this is cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wasn't freaked out until. I heard people coming up yeah. the stairs. Fight, flight, freeze. And people don't talk about the freeze part enough. It sounds like you literally had like a panic reaction. But do you recall the reasons why you didn't want that experience in that moment? I I think I just didn't know who was coming up. And I didn't want people watching me have sex that I didn't know. So it was the fact that they were anonymous. Mm-hmm. They were kind of strangers. Right. Okay. Right. All the people that I knew that were there, I think I would have been fine with that had I had it been a, a closed group that of you know people that I knew and was comfortable with. Got it. Okay. And all the other people were perfectly lovely, nice people. Sure. But I you, just didn't know them. You just didn't want to have sex in front of a bunch of people you didn't know. Right. That's okay. Right. Why is it that people assume that like, oh, you're a swinger, you're, you're a down swinger. for everything? Yeah. That's a ridiculous fallacy. That is not true. Absolutely. Okay, so that wasn't so good. Can you think of like an example, maybe the best sexual experience you had where other people watching made it really amazing? So fast forward. (laughs) After that, I started to examine like, what was that about? Because I I surprised myself. And then we had a house party. Mm -hmm. We had a party. Mm -hmm. Dirty Disney. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I loved my costume. I felt really sexy. Mm -hmm. I felt really good. And... It was all people I people I knew. I mean, there were some people I didn't know there, but there were lots of play spaces. Mm-hmm. So I I could find a little area to go where other people were, but I knew who they were and mm-hmm. they were already there. So mm-hmm. it wasn't I wasn't being surprised by people coming into the room. So I grabbed this exact gentleman by the mm-hmm. hand and I said, "Let's go play." Mm-hmm. So we went and played in a room where there was other people playing. And we had a blast. Yeah. I found out later that Mr. Cat poked his head in and saw, and he loved it. So that made me feel good. And then after doing that, I felt like, okay, this is okay. I, I really had fun. I mean, I 
had a fantastic orgasm. I had a fantastic time with him. And so I found two other gentlemen that night. <laughs> yeah. Two. Yeah. Two. Yeah. And, and so the subsequent experiences that night were a bit more relaxed because I guess I had broken the seal. I don't know. Now in those play experiences, right? Cause you're talking about three play mm-hmm. experiences in one night. Did you get turned on by the fact that other people were watching or were you just not turned off by the fact that I other did. people were? You were. You I enjoyed did. Yeah, it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And I think it's because I knew who it was. Okay. So you went to, like you enjoyed the fact that Mr. Cat watched oh, yeah. and got pleasure from it. Sure. Okay. Yep. So cool. And then the rest of the night, it was great. And I, I realized that there was just that one little, you know, context. Yeah. Yeah. Change that made all the difference for me. Sure. So, yeah, I'm just not the exhibitionist for everyone. Sure. Sure. (laughs) I don't want myself out there having sex in front of people I don't know. And that's like cool. I I think part of what I love about us exploring these topics is people have these preconceived notions about what an exhibitionist wants and gets off on. And if you were to ask me before I really thought about it, it would probably be the equivalent of having sex at the hot tub at Desire, right? You see this, right? right? People literally on the bar having sex or in the cabana having sex in front of people who may or may not be watching, mm-hmm. who may or may not be enjoying it. But like that really turns them on that they're surrounded by other people and having sex. I will never be that kind of exhibitionist. And it doesn't sound like you would I am either. either. Yep. But it's such a big spectrum. It is. There's so many different ways that you can explore the fact that other people might be looking at you mm-hmm. with admiration, with lust, with all these different emotions that maybe could. I love that we are exploring ways that would turn us on right. under those circumstances. And it does not have to be getting eaten out at the side of the hot tub in desire. No. no. And please don't do that if I'm there. You're not supposed to. <laughs> You're not really. supposed to. You're supposed to use the beds Ugh. that are around anyway. the hot tub. Yeah. <sighs> so, uh, you know, in terms of of my past experiences, I I don't like and not, you know, don't like going to the sex clubs, but there are a few times where the fact that people were watching was actually a big turn on to me. And the one that I can think of that's the biggest, grandest example was we have a friend who's very into BDSM. He has all the different equipment and we had a party. He brought the St. Andrew's cross and he was doing demonstrations of different I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I volunteered as tribute <laughs> to get flogged on the St. Andrew's Cross. And I, it's like, I volunteered. Mm-hmm. There were probably 20 of our kind of closest yeah. friends who yeah. are watching these demonstrations. And I took my dress off, whatever, like, I remember I what you were wearing. <laughs> you looked incredible. Thank you. You were wearing this plum colored. Uh, bra and panty set. Yeah. Yeah, you look beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, I stripped down to my bra and panties. I let him, you know, like shackle me to the St. Andrew's Cross. And he was walking through all the different things that he was doing to me. And people were watching. 
And I had like their full attention. Did and it, it was, turn you on? It turned me on like oh. crazy. That turned me. The fact that I thought what I was doing was beautiful mm-hmm. was kind of educating and exp- not educating, but like expanding minds mm-hmm. that I really fucking get off on the idea of like having people have a whole new perspective on certain things like right. BDSM or open marriage. Or that. So that turned me on. There's kind of expanding minds. Yeah. Um, and I thought I looked beautiful. So all of these things led to a really hot, positive experience. And if you take all those people away, it would not have been right as hot an experience. It would not have been as much of a turn on. So that's interesting because it's essentially the exact opposite of what I've said, which is I don't, <laughs> I, I don't like the idea of people like judging me or watching me or. So it all comes down to context. It does. Everything, right? Yeah, sure. Everything. We women, it's a big deal to us. Context means everything. Sure, sure. absolutely. Right? Yeah. So I think I'm excited to look into different ways to explore the gaze, right? Mm-hmm. The, the male gaze, the female gaze, whatever, and using it in a way that would actually turn me on and putting aside the stuff that will not turn me on. Right. But this seems like a good time to bring Dr. Carol Queen into the conversation and Mm -hmm. see what advice she has for us on exhibitionism. Okay, hotties, we have a special guest for you today. Today we have Dr. Carol Queen. She's an American author, a sexologist, a sex-positive feminist. She's also a two-time Grand Marshal for the San Francisco LGBTQ Pride Parade. She's written several books on human sexuality, and the one that we're focusing on today is Exhibitionism for the Shy. Welcome, Carol. Thank you so much for having me. That was my very first book, and I'm so glad to be able to revisit it and talk about it a little bit. It's so great to have you. Let's dive right in. What is your definition of exhibitionism? Well, of course, there is the exhibitionism that's referenced sometimes in like criminal complaints and things like that. That's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about exhibitionism. I'm talking about a consensual delight and erotic turn on around showing off sexually, either your body being watched sexually, putting on a show for somebody else sexually. So it's a fairly broad definition because it can be everything from extra flirtatious and slightly explicit or moving in that direction or full on explicit. It it depends on the person and it depends on the context. Sure. And just to sort of dovetail on that definition, what is voyeurism or a voyeur? How would you define them? Well, the natural partner of an exhibitionist, you could say, is a voyeur who has an erotic love of watching and seeing. And the not consensual variant, of course, is the peeper, the creeper. But you can certainly do this fully consensually with great glee on all parts without having to do any creeping. 
And I'm really glad that you brought up the issue of consent, because I think that's a really important distinction to make in this particular kink, but but really in all sexual activities. If everybody is enthusiastically consenting, it's a kink. But if you're involving like non-consensual people, then maybe it's a crime. So can you sort of talk a little bit about how consent comes into play with exhibitionism, especially if people might be playing or you know participating in some sexual activity in a semi-public type space. Right. So so consent is so important around sexuality, partly because, as you clarify, sometimes the distinction between getting in big trouble and rightfully for doing something or or initiating an act mm-hmm. is consent or the lack of it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes also it has as much to do with whether or not everybody's going to have a delightful time Mm -hmm. because the basis of consent, you know, when I used to hear the term old school, it it basically meant willingness, right? Like you say, could I masturbate in front of you? And someone will go, I guess, guess you know, pay me $20, pay me $200, whatever it would be. Right. Yeah. Uh, Because, because there's a variant of consent that isn't necessarily enthusiastic consent that can be part of the negotiation of partners in terms of what they want to give and do for each other, where even if everybody isn't like, I've been wanting to do that my whole life. If you value somebody and you say, I want to give you that experience. I love you so much. Or, you know, as long as we can stop, if it gets to whatever it might get, or Somebody says, sure, I'll do that. Pay me $200. (laughs) (laughs) All good. For for some people, that's really a a space that that I personally feel we need to respect. You know, I've done sex work and it's one of the places, honestly, that exhibitionists can go to find willing voyeurs if they can't find them out in the world. But enthusiastic consent lets us start to match up our delights and our our passions and the things that we think would really be fun and and erotic and wonderful and that are on our on our yes no maybe list they're on the yes side right whether we've had a chance to try them yet or not that is the kind of consent that has come to the fore in the last several years and it's about time and but let me go back to you asked about the consent with semi-public or public play. And of course, one variation of exhibitionism is this excitable notion that somebody might catch us doing something and see us Mm -hmm. as part of the thrill and part of the fantasy for some people. That's not always what exhibitionism involves. It can be be close to home. It can be never shared with strangers or whatever. But for some, that's definitely a fun through line, an exciting mm-hmm. through line. And, you know, was it Queen Victoria who said, I don't care what they do as long as they don't do it in the street and frighten the horses? <laughs> <laughs> Not the horses I'm particularly worried about. <laughs> it's Queen Victoria. It's <laughs> somebody who doesn't want to have our sexuality burning into their eyeballs and seeing things that they didn't choose to see, may not want to see, might freak them out. They may have no context for it. I mean, it's a a little hard to talk about this from a sex positive perspective, because on the one hand, it's all, 
well, we're not doing anything wrong. This is wonderful. This is sexy sex, right? right. Let's, yeah. let's go outside. Let's be proud. We're slut positive. We're sex positive. We're, we're all that stuff. But sex positivity includes consent. It's got to include consent in yeah. the definition or else we run the risk of making outsiders' judgment of us and the sexuality we want to explore more powerful. And that affects everybody who wants to play, right? Right. So those are the kinds of things that I've been sort of grappling with for years. So why do you think that people love to be watched or love to watch people being naked or having sex? Well, in the first place, I think everybody's got, maybe not quite everybody, but most everybody's got some native curiosity about sex, right? Sure. So from there, the jump is finding it erotic as opposed to just assaging your curiosity about, oh, that's what sex is. Oh, that's what a naked person looks like or whatever it is that you're you're sort of curious about in the first place. And I don't think it's surprising at all that, that many people's adult sexual interests emerge before we get all the way fully to adulthood, because that's a time when, you know, hormones kick up and curiosity reigns and sex ed is often not very helpful. Comprehensive, Mm -hmm. sure. Answering those questions for people. So that by the time we get to be 21 or whatever age we get to be, when we decide we want to start to explore many people, it's much, much later, of course. By then, we've had fantasies to sort of Plow the field for us, right? We've been thinking about things that we find erotic, whether or not we have access in person to checking them out. So when adults, you know, open up their relationships or decide together that they're starting, that they want to start to play with some fetish or role play or whatever it might be when people you know, find out from their partner if they'd be up for trying anal or or when people do not partner up because they'd rather run around and have some adventures. When you go on vacation and you find a sex club or a BDSM club to work your way into and see some things you've never seen before in real life, I, I think that all is sort of a an eroticized extension from this pretty natural space of What is it all like? And of course, these days, people are looking at porn at various ages for the same reason, as well as for all the other reasons that anybody might watch porn, right? So this this through line of its information that I might need, I want to remind everybody it's not supposed to be a documentary. (laughs) It's not exactly a how-to movie. You may not know that they've left some parts out, like putting all the extra lube on, all the things that you might know. <laughs> right, but, sure. but that too reinforces love of looking, sure. obviously. And I think for many people, it reinforces the fantasy that it would be super exciting to have someone else watch Watching. us. And when we find a voyeuristic partner, if we've got even a streak of exhibitionism, their enthusiasm is so sexy, loving, often fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just it just eggs us on, right? If we've right. got the right context. So, Carol, if you find yourself having an interest in exhibitionism, you are a person who's turned on by the idea of being naked or participating in some sex acts with an audience. What are some ways that a person could explore? 
exhibitionism that maybe they're not thinking of. If you've got intimates in your life who you think might be down to be your uh, your audience, if you do a little strip tease or a sexy dance or a let me show you how I touch myself or any of the like the classic ways of edging into exhibitionism. I think that latter one is for many people kind of frightening, but honestly, it's such an intimate and sex positive thing to do with a partner to to watch one another get a, a much deeper sense of how specific touch works on their body. I mean, it's 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 that sex ed too, honestly, and it's sexy or exhibitionistic fun as well. And there's the, can you go solo or as a couple to a swing club or some other kind of, of sexualized event where it is appropriate to, you know, set yourself up in the corner and start to do a little show and see how many people drift over to watch. That's an option for many people. There are plenty of places if you are able to take a vacation. I mean, sure. I I have a whole section in Exhibitionism for the Shy about, are you scared to do this where you live? Well, you might have good reason to go on vacation, do your research. It's. I wrote that book in, in the mid-90s. We didn't have internet searches that would tell right. us, you know, it, that, that would, would bring up a a little document, which mm-hmm. is you fill in your stuff. And basically, once you hit send, you have applied for a temporary membership at a club, right? Sure. I mean, it is right. very easy now in many ways to find those kinds of opportunities. And then there's, and honestly, this made a difference to me. I, you know, I started writing exhibitionism for the shy when I got a job in a peep show. Oh, wow. And my partner uh, before that as well would be like, you know, be talk dirty to me, show show off for me, and I'd be like really into that idea and completely tongue tied, completely frightened. Not, I just I didn't want to make a fool out of myself. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure what was going to be erotic. I, you know, if I had some body image issues, I wouldn't be surprised. And you think looking at my pictures now, I'm like, why did I have any body image issues? <laughs> what, what the hell? But. But so many of us, you know, can't right. internalize that message without doing some work first, right? So there we're talking about like big scale exhibitionism. What about like small scale exhibitionism? Like, can you just be an exhibitionist with your own partner? And how can you discover ways to do that? How can you do that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that most people who play with exhibitionism most likely keep it at home. I, I mean, I don't yeah. know who's researching this? I have no no real idea, but that is my guess. And keeping it at home is a great option because it is far safer than trying to find your safe space out there in community and party land in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Safer than, you know, swiping and asking exhibitionistic questions on an app. It's safer than all of that. And Hopefully, at home, you've got a built-in voyeur Mm -hmm. who already thinks you're hot, who already wants to explore with you. And if you don't, then you learn a little something about people's limitations and interests. Because when I was writing Exhibitionism for the Shy, for the most part, of course, all the exhibitionists I I found to interview were like, whoosh! 
I'm doing this. And one woman said, okay, so I really wanted, I was in college. I really wanted to get more sexy. I really, I, I wanted, there was a strapless black leather dress in a boutique. I really wanted it. I saved my money. I wore it for my boyfriend. He completely freaked out. He thought I looked slutty. He oh. thought I was innocent. He wanted me to be innocent. As she talked, I was like, you know what? This this guy actually had a little bit of a fetish that he includes you in on, I think. Mm. You know, like he wanted me to wear white panties only. I'm like, um, you were 24. Give me a break. <laughs> Pick out your own damn panties. <laughs> <laughs> Unless that's now, your thing and you like right? having your panties. Right. I was going to say, sure. if they negotiated the whole panty situation, sure. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to call me daddy. I'm going to pick out your clothes for you. Whatever, whatever the <laughs> They could have had some real be, fun with right? that. Sure. Fine. If that's their kink, awesome. If that's their kink, fine. This didn't sound like it was a negotiated kink. This was <laughs> that's right. Different. This was an assumption that this man held about what it, what a woman or a young woman had to be and do Mm -hmm. to be valued by him. Right. That's a different, that's a different thing. Yeah. Entirely. If it's a kink, it's a different kind of kink. Right. So of course, if you, you know, start dancing in a sexy way towards your partner, take off your panties and dangle them in front of him. And he starts to freak out. You know, if he's one of those guys who's like, are you having an affair? Yeah. Uh-oh. Talking a little bit first might mm-hmm. be a good idea. You know, sharing some, I had a sexy idea. Would you want to play with me? Would you want to, would you explore with me? You know, this, the same kinds of conversations that we have to have to open our relationships. This is a variant of that without bringing extra people in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a, we're going to change our established connection with one another and turn it into something more exploratory. Are we both okay with that? What are our limits around that? What are our fears around that? What things would you be super excited to try? These are some things I would be excited to try, right? And exhibitionism and voyeurism fits so beautifully within that. A lot of times we're encouraged by partners to be more exhibitionistic than we naturally have been to be, right? Because they think we're hot, they believe in us. They know that we can do it. They want to gather the, yeah. the crops once we get frisky. And, they want to you know, see us be confident. Like, yeah. yeah. And the right partner can be hugely influential, which is not the same thing as your partner really only thinks you're sexy if you do something that they're pressuring you to do. Totally different vibe. Sure. It could be the the same end result of activity or the same kind of let's step on this path, but it it's not the same if someone doesn't loop you in with your own sense of what would be erotic, fun, and empowering about it. Why did I call it exhibitionism for the shy in the first place? Well, one, I knew all the freaking exhibitionists were already out there being exhibitionists. Sure. They didn't need a book. (laughs) We're like, if only I had the nerve and they were fantasizing all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. they were they were the low hanging fruit in terms of what I wanted to, to convey. But what I wanted to convey with the idea of exhibitionism was sexual self-confidence and play. So Carol, you mentioned that you wrote your book for those uh, people or maybe women who felt shy or inhibited from the idea of really embracing exhibitionism. And I think Also, a lot of women are grappling with major body image issues. So 
if you are one of us, right, what are one or two initial steps that we can take to explore exhibitionism in a way that feels safe and supportive? Well, certainly the the beginning where you can play with exhibitionism alone, just sort of explore the sensations and any erotic rise in temperature that you get from doing acts in front of a mirror, from dancing naked or strip teasing for yourself. You're you're practicing, right? In a way. Mm-hmm. And you're also attuned to whether or not you find this sexy. Now, somebody who's really just just shut down with fear about with body image issues and or fear of sexuality may not find that they think that this is too frisky and fun. I mean, I think some people have such serious body image issues that it's worth seeing a therapist. Sure. If somebody has bad experiences or bad feelings about sexuality and sexual exploration, maybe a therapist, because sometimes that's tied up with things that are a little beyond the help of a frisky partner or a supportive, intimate friend to to get you to. But if that's not the issue, if you know you've got it in you, letting arousal during masturbation and play help to reinforce that, I think makes a difference for many of us. And because masturbation is such a, a private thing for most people, that's a really perfect space to explore. Then there's also the, what do you want exhibitionism to look like for you? If you've never played around with sexy clothing, what my interviewee said is you don't have to show off your whole body if you're uncomfortable with it. Find the parts of your body that you're most happy about, proud of, whatever. You know, you like your cleavage, show your cleavage. Do you think you've got great legs? Shorten the skirt or put on some shorts. Well, you work with not just what you have. We get that phrase all the time. I think that can be a little upsetting to hear too. Work with what you feel the best about. That's where your your sense of empowerment can start. So I feel like empowerment is really important piece of all of this, but empowerment isn't just conform to what we think is of as sexy. It's discover who you are as sexy. Can look different ways for different people. It can mean, you know, dressing in tight, tight clothes. It can mean dressing in flowing bright clothes if you never do that. Figure out what the little step is beyond what your comfort level has been that isn't all the way out of your comfort level. Mm-hmm. And and let your heart and your eroticism lead you in that kind of a path because that's that's the way you don't traumatize yourself by taking it all on at once, right? It's it's baby steps. And if you're listening to yourself, you'll know when you have reached the step that it's like, beyond this, I'm not sure I'm ready to go. I don't think I want to go. I'm not erotic. I'm not fantasizing beyond this. I'm not eager to go beyond this. You don't have to. Mm. There's not an exhibitionism, you know, graduate program that somebody's going <laughs> to give you a, a diploma from. Although maybe in my copious spare time, I should start one. But <laughs> do you think also that the role play or developing a persona also can help you sort of 
get over some of your shyness about exhibitionism? And what's the difference between role play and a persona? Role play, yes. In in the first, yes. And I think that's a technique that many people haven't explored. If any of y'all out there are theater kids, you've got a couple of steps in toward knowing what I'm talking about, right? Yes, hands. Yes. <laughs> Even if you never eroticize that, if you eroticize it, then that means that if you're too nervous to do thus and so, perhaps you and your partner can work up a role play where you play a character, they egg you on, and all of a sudden you pick a new name, figure out a backstory of it, play a role for a little while. In terms of kinky role play, we have some classic we have some classic roles that already have sort of their own erotic logic built into mm-hmm. them. Sure. If you come out into kink in particular, you know, there they are. They're waiting for you to explore power play in this context that can make it easier to explore power play. And you get done with your role play and you take that role off and you go back to being yourself, right? You don't stay the 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 raw recruit in the military who got bossed around by the mean sergeant. You know, that's not who you are when you wake up in the morning and make breakfast. That was last night. So that's a sort of an easy way to, to delimit the playtime and the exploration time to give yourself some notes, maybe some props and an outfit too, that can help. And if your partner's playing with you, then they too are helping to, you know, you're, you two are creating this, this different set of people together to explore and to play. That's really an interesting twist on it, because mm-hmm. if you as a person have a lot of baggage around the idea of showing, like showing off or like my body, my physicality belongs to the person who's watching the sort of male gaze issue. If you're playing a role, a character, that person doesn't necessarily have to have the same baggage that you have (laughs) about your sexuality. Maybe that person loves to be watched and like play around. It's not going to kill you to play around with that and see if that maybe that can be really fun and you can like let go of some of that baggage. And you can safe word right out of it when you need to. Sure. Right. Mm, Particularly if if you're playing any kind of power play, any power exchange role games, which is not required to to do role play, right? It's not. But there are many on the menu in that in that part of our our sexual communities. And And so if you are comfortable with your partner telling you what to do in a negotiated context, then that too can be helpful. That's not what everyone wants. It's not what everyone would respond well to, but some of you, maybe you know who you are, right? (laughs) So there's that. And then the difference between a role and a persona, the persona is already part of your personality somehow. You know, the Mm -hmm. persona is your brave side. Your Mm. persona is the person that, you know, when you get really comfortable can come out and you can feel more comfortable in yourself, even if that's not really your baseline personality, Mm -hmm. you know, most of the time. This is one of the reasons that some people get so connected with some partners because somehow Sometimes partnerships will bring those personas out of each other, or at least in of one of us, so that it's it's really you feel like you can only do this stuff with that person. Sure. You don't mm-hmm. feel like you could go out and 
do it with anybody else. You probably could if it came to that, you know. (laughs) But that's not, if that's not on the menu today, fine. Nobody's asking you to open your relationship if that's not what you would like to do. But the idea that this person kind of opened a door for you, helped give you a key. Well, what that probably really means is that there's a side of yourself that feels really safe with this person, really connected to this person. You've never had that before, but they didn't change your personality. It was in you somewhere. Mm. And and that persona play, it can can have the kind of role play quality to it too. Mm -hmm. But in, in my view, persona play ultimately helps you kind of integrate the bolder side and the shyer side of yourself. So that's the thing that I want people to be encouraged by is mm-hmm. that if you have any remote idea that you think this would be an erotic thing, if only you could do it, you probably can do it. You you mm-hmm. have to sit up on it maybe. You have to take some baby steps, sure. You have to learn some things and get some encouragement. If your partner's freaked out about it, maybe not with them, but if you think it's a sexy thing, not just exhibitionism, practically anything, mm-hmm. if you can find a way to do it safely, if you can learn the the, the ropes if, or no ropes. Uh, <laughs> we yeah. did bondage That's just right. a couple of episodes. Yeah. See, I, right. can, I can, I can veer right. into that just like sure. that. You can, you can learn to do it. You can learn what you need to know. You can learn what your boundaries might be. You can understand what logical and safety-based boundaries are. Mm-hmm. You can probably do it. Yeah. If you can think it and you, you can want do it. it and it's hot for you, you probably can do it. So Carol, our show is really all about helping women improve their sex lives. How does exhibitionism improve our sex lives? Well, it's nice to be able to, to slink around the living room when it's somebody's birthday and give them a nice little strip tease, right? That's fun. Yep. So that's a skill. <laughs> but what I really want to say about sort of the deep value of exhibitionism is that I really do think of it as a way to showcase our increasing sexual self-esteem. Mm. And it doesn't have to be hella narcissistic. It doesn't have to be me, 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 me. But I can feel the eyes on me and it fires me up. Is a really different space to come from in your sexuality than if I squeeze my eyes tight shut, I could probably get through this, right? It's just different. I think that sexual self-esteem, however, is shaped for a person, because it's a thing without exhibitionism too. Mm-hmm, sure. You don't have to do these things. It's it's just a path and a fun path. So it's, you know, it's one of my paths. So I wrote a book about it. So that's that's why I'm I'm cheerleading for it, but but wanting very clearly to say there is no one path as long as you're feeling good and empowered as you go, right? As long as you learn what you need to learn, as long as you're you're safe and comfortable, then go for the things that are the most erotically fascinating to you and to the person that you're sharing them with. Sure. That's great. Well, Carol, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. If our listeners want to find you out in social media or in on the internet, what are some ways that they can find you and find your books? 
So I have, I'm an extremely bad Facebooker, but I do have a Facebook <laughs> page <Yeah>. <laughs> and try to remember to post things on there when cool things are going on in my life or in the life of my nonprofit, the Center for Sex and Culture. And of course, I'm the staff sexologist at Good Vibrations too. So Good Vibes Toys on the socials let you see into you know what we're doing over there. Thank Wonderful. you. Thank you so much, Carol. Enjoy <laughs> your beautiful writer's retreat. I'm very jealous. Yeah, it looks oh, great. I'm so lucky. <laughs> Have you decided what you're going to do for your sexy homework? This is a tough one. Yeah? Yeah, because I, I've had some experiences. Sure. You know, but we are going on a little trip coming up soon. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that I'm going to experiment a little there. It is people that we know. Sure. But I'm going to see if I can get comfortable with, you know, a little more exhibitionism in front of, of them. And I have a little plan for uh, Mr. Cat. Mm-hmm. That I think he's really gonna like. Oh, tell me more. So uh, maybe my homework has two parts. Oh, good. I'm gonna do something just for him that I know he's gonna like. Okay. You know he really liked the hot wifing. Yes. Episodes. Yeah. Well, there's part of that that we did not do. Okay. <laughs> we didn't do the part where the guy is there but not participating, just watching. Oh, just watching. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna try to set that up. Okay. That sounds hot. Yeah. Okay. I can envision that. What are you thinking? So we have this trip coming up. We're mm-hmm. we're hanging out with friends, some of whom we haven't seen in about a year. So it's eight of us in total. Right. What are you, what do you have in mind for exhibitionism in that space? Well, we're going to be on a lake. Yes. And we're going to be boating and all of that. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of take in the space and see where we are and see what I can get away with. You know, maybe having sex in a more open setting because we have a, pool a little bit of privacy, and, lake and yeah. we have some privacy, but not from each other. Right. So, you know, maybe having sex with someone in that environment, not knowing who's coming and going. Sure. Yeah, I think that would be fun. Okay. And I, and I think that would be a comfortable place for me to explore that. Okay. So, bringing a little bit of that like nudist energy that comes from when we go to like uh, clothing optional resorts. Right exploring that when right. we have a little privacy. Well, and at the clothing optional resorts, I don't have sex outside. Oh, in the open. Yeah, yeah, so that's sure. really where I'm thinking about going with that. Got it. Okay, cool. How cool. about you? What are you going to do? Well, so I had a, a similar thought around having sex in front of Mr. Ams, which mm. we have another play date lined up with another couple. And it's going to be our first play date with them. And they shared some fantasies around the idea of a little bit of separate play and of her watching him play a little bit. And this is like twofold, get double credit, extra credit. (laughs) You're going to be a voyeur too? Well, I can get my exhibitionism sexy homework done if she and Mr. Ams sit and watch us play for a while. That's hot. And it kind of, I get this also get off on the idea of like 
helping people cross these boundaries a little bit. Like right. I kind of wanted to explore this fantasy. I've been too scared. I haven't found the right person, blah, blah. Like I love taking people over that mm-hmm. threshold. That threshold. <laughs> I love to carry them over the threshold. So that's kind of where my head was at is setting up. Because unless I'm like literally on stage and I, you know, the other time that I really enjoyed the exhibitionism is when we were playing with the same group of people that we're going to see right. shortly, there was like a moment where I jumped on the bed and there were columns on either side. And I put my hands on the right. columns and I was like, I'm a fucking sex goddess. Like I just <laughs> posed. Right. And that was hot. Yes. So, you know, that's an interesting space to play around with people watching. So I know we had the whole COVID orgy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And these are the same group that we're going to yeah. be hanging out with. But I was thinking, you know, an orgy is sort of everybody's playing and you're not necessarily watching someone else. You sure. are, but it's not really like being the exhibitionist that's in the right. room, right? That's right. So that's why I was thinking we could explore that more with this kind of setting because it's a whole weekend yeah. and there's lots of spaces to, you know, just hide away, but not really hide. Right. Yeah, so that other people are not really engaged, but able to watch. Yeah. I guess we're going to have to talk about that with them. Yes, we we should probably, yeah, get all our consent Consent. lined up. (laughs) All right, just so y'all know. Yes. (laughs) That's going to be an interesting conversation. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, they're going to love it. They're going to totally love love it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it opens up the door for them to do it, too. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see if I'm up for anything bigger or braver than that. I'm not sure. going to go into the pictures or the videos face. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that's that. That's just not, it's not an area that I want to explore. And I feel like there's a lot of like outside societal pressure, like, oh, just, you know, just like throw a video up on OnlyFans or something. No. I don't want to do that. <gasps> no. That doesn't have any interest for me. If it does for you, awesome. Go be free. But that's not where I want to explore. But, you know, I don't think we'll have time to make it to a dungeon before we record, but like being the demonstration model, Mm -hmm. that was hot. Yeah. That was fun. I really enjoyed that. That's cool. Yeah. Well, and in that setting, you're not the doer. You're the dewey. Right. (laughs) You are being, you know, you're being flogged. You're being Mm -hmm. acted upon. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a little bit of a passiveness to that that is intriguing as well sure right yeah that kind of turns me on for yeah. sure i like you know i i think of myself as an artist when we do this stuff <laughs> yeah. right we're creating content and stuff but sometimes i just want to be the art you know exactly i just exactly. want exactly i just want to be like the beautiful thing that people can see that that kind of almost mindlessness of it turns mm-hmm. me on sometimes so if there's opportunity for that between now and then it's just it's hard to set up right sometimes right so. Sounds like fun. Yeah. I think we're going to have a good time. Yeah. Oh, me too. I want to know we're going to have a good time when we see our, our <laughs> long lost friends. Yeah. But okay. Well, we'll check back in with you shortly. So that's our show. Thanks for swinging by. And don't forget, you deserve great sex. Now go get some. If you love the Two Hot Wives podcast, be sure to subscribe. And if you really love the show, rate us or give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thanks for listening.
Hey hotties. I'm Kat. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Let's try that one again. <laughs> you look such a cute kitty cat. You look such a cute kitty cat. All right. Wow, that was great. <laughs> You know what was funny is that in my head I was like, "Does a cat? Does a cat? Does a cat?" <laughs> okay. All right. Woo. Woo. Good. All right. Check it out.